good afternoon. This is a slightly red and sunburned looking Kyle saying hello. And here is Harminder. And welcome hello. to Thursday's uh, BBO show. Yeah, welcome to today's show where we are now over halfway through talking to you about building your audience. Uh, building your audience with the principle of business in mind first, identifying a market, a market that has a problem which you have a solution for. So that's where we are. And underpinning the audience building section, which is this entire week, we've broken it down into four very, very important components which make up building an audience. And those four components are one, what content do you produce? A very, very common question that comes to us from clients, from people we work with, what content should we produce? This is my expertise, but I still don't know what content to produce. So that's number one. We've covered that Tuesday. That's done. Tuesday. So if you're joining this brand new and you're thinking, yeah, what content do I produce? That was handled on Tuesday. Number two is messaging. Now, messaging is how do you want to show up in the world? Is it via a personal brand? Is it via a corporate brand? And what is your story that differentiates you? And what part of your story empathizes with the audience in regards to sharing your struggle, sharing the fact that you were where they were at some point in the past, and you have the solution in which to get them to where they would like to be, which is where you are now. So that's very much made up the process of messaging. That we spoke about yesterday. So again, if you're following this process, you should have determined what you're going to be talking about to your audience, what, uh, what, how you will show up in the world, which is the messaging. Now today we're focusing on platform. Where should you publish the content? And we're going to be exploring this almost via a conversational mechanism, but in the, in the normal form of the BBO show where we'll have sections for you to work through. And then finally, which we'll be discussing tomorrow, which will be Friday this week, is time, time and consistency. How long do you need to be doing this? Where do the best results show up? And if you look at somebody like Yoga with Adrian to give you some context, that's the example we're using this week, is seven years. Seven years to get to where she is now. But a good indicator of where things started to change for her was at the two-year mark where, we hit, where she hit 200,000 subscribers on her platform, which is YouTube. Now, that doesn't mean you immediately say, great, if that's the platform, then I'm going to go and do YouTube as well. That's not how we make our decision. How you make your decision will be discovered and we'll be explaining that to you today in today's show. So that's very much the focus. How do we determine the platform? Do we do it by just copying yoga with Adrian? Oh, YouTube worked for her, so that must work for us. What is the mechanism? What's the thought process behind that? And we and and we can categorize that in a few different ways. So over to you, Carl. What what's the what's the thought process behind today? How are we structure today in order to give them a decision making process rather than just say, "Hey, Adrian, uh, you do it on YouTube, so I better do it on YouTube as well." Sure, we're going to go through two big decisions for you. So yesterday we did the same thing, and we're doing exactly the same uh, today. Yesterday. It was, are you going to use a corporate or a personal brand? And then start to think about your story. They were the big decisions yesterday. Today, moving into platform, we have two things that we're going to be deciding on. What format are you going to use? And how much interactivity do you want um, in your content, in the way that you present yourself to the world? We're going to go through these two, uh, two big topics, uh, these two big questions, and come out hopefully with an answer at the end of today. Before we jump into that, though, I just wanted to quickly give a definition of platform because we're throwing around this word platform, 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 um, and the whole topic of today is choosing your platform. But maybe you don't necessarily know what that is. Um, it is actually a technical term. We're, it's from technology and we're using it um, kind of offhand. But where it comes from is literally from uh, a political platform. Somebody would stand on a physical platform made of wood and give their message to an audience um, saying, hey, you should vote for me for this reason. That's what a political platform is. Literally, it's a stage. It's something that you stand on and you can talk to lots of people. The digital world has just borrowed this word, that's all. So that's when we're talking about platform. Think of it like that. Um, we are using it for, as a shorthand. Um, the 
main platforms nowadays when we are talking about platforms will be things like Facebook, uh, YouTube, Instagram, could be a blog. It could be something like Amazon writing an ebook. So there are lots of different platforms out there. But if you think generally of it's a way for you, a business owner, to get in front of a lot of people, I think that's a nice wide general uh, definition. So I know we've been throwing around the word platform a lot, and I just wanted to give a quick definition before we jump in. Absolutely. So now just um, narrowing back down to the, the two big choices you're going to have by the end of this show or this episode is what format should my content be in and how much interactivity or how much um, work will also go behind that, that kind of format and what's the best way to do that. And that is first determined by the platform. So the format is almost determined by the platform, but however, this is determined by a bigger, more important factor. So let's dive in on the first big choice, which is the format choice. Now, yesterday, if you remember, we had determined our message. We had determined how we are going to be showing up in the world, whether it's via a personal brand, whether it's via a corporate brand. But then the next stage to that was determining what story we had. So we've got that all refined. So we're assuming at this stage that you've got that refined. Now, the thing to then understand is whether we're discussing format, whether we're discussing platform. And when I say format, I mean, are we doing video? Are we doing text? Are we doing audio? Are we doing a cartoon graphic, uh, which we're going to be publishing online? That's more discussing the format. And when we talk about platform, both of these things are very importantly determined by the audience, the market. And if you remember what we've been talking about from the business section as part of the baton system and now the audience section is we are very much driven by what problem does the market have? What problem does our audience have? And how best can we solve this problem? And we're going to continue to remind you of this process because the format and the platform is determined by that key stage. So that's the that's the thing to factor in here. So what's what's some other points to add on to that before we actually dive into, in terms of formats, what's actually available to them? Sure. I, I think this point is just worth reiterating again and again and again. And we sound like a broken record, and I get that. But the way people tend to approach producing content, the way they tend to approach platforms like YouTube, is they will see someone like Yoga with Adrian and think, oh, she's doing really well on YouTube. I'm going to do that too for my business. Now, whether or not that works for your audience and for your market is going to depend on them. It's not really up to you. It's not up to the platform either. So we see things like TikTok um, suddenly arriving and being really popular and lots of businesses or lots of influencers will be like, oh, I've got to do that. And they jump onto TikTok without thinking, is this the right thing for my audience? Is this a good way for me to solve their problems? And it may or may not be, but we need to ask that question. It's not chasing whatever the new thing is. It's not uh, following on from somebody who's done, you know, a trailblazed in a particular industry. We need to always come back to this fundamental question. Is this the right thing to be doing to help solve the problems of my customers and therefore provide value in the market? Um, and I, I think that's a, re a broken record. I know, I know. I think, Carl, you touched on a, a phenomenal point there because there's lots of people that will encourage, um, whether it's right or wrong, is irrelevant because actually a lot of the time they don't actually have a vested interest in these platforms. Um, so it's kind of bewildering to work out why they recommend platforms just for the sake of the platform is hot. They've got a new feature. The new feature is a hot feature. If you jump on board of it now, you're going to build a great massive audience on that platform, but they need to take a step back. We as listening to that advice need to take a step back and say, actually where are our audience hanging out theoretically and where where are they presenting their problems to us so that we can present our solutions to them so that we can be heard and that's the key that's the important thing here to factor in so let's now dive into formats um, so we're going to talk about platforms a bit later but let's work out firstly what formats or what media formats or medium formats are available to us to then help us determine what platform to use. So that's that's critical. Now, if we look at it from the basic level, you know, we can think about text, 
let's let's work from the ground up. Text in terms of the written form can be published in the medium of blog articles. So that's something simple. We know about that. That's existed for a very long time. But it also can be published as ebooks, books. Um, it, you can do feature articles on online publishing journals or um, a newspaper. You may have a slot in a newspaper that you have access to. You may be writing articles there. So that's the basics, text. The next level above that is audio. And audio can play a part in audio books, which has become a very, very popular trend recently, but also can play a factor in podcast, which is also a very growing medium. Before that, you know, you can have radio shows on places like Spotify, as an example, um, radio shows on web players. So without talking about the platforms too much, just or think radio about shows on the radio. People still miss radio. All radio shows on the radio, which actually can be listened to online. And that's been the case for a very long time as well. Yeah. Uh, okay, so Carl, that's the two basics, which is text and audio. What's the, what's the step above that? Very quickly, I think it is worth including the traditional medias as well. So yeah, okay. with something like text, that does include newspapers, that does include books. Sure, we are digital marketers and we're going to suggest going towards the digital formats. Um, but these formats exist offline and online as well. So yeah, we have podcasts and we have um, audible audio books and we have radio stations online. We also have radio waves and people still listen to the radio. That might be the right thing for your business. We don't know. Again, you have to go through the process of where your market is. If they're listening to the radio and they're not on Spotify or they're not downloading podcasts, yeah. you need to be on the radio. Um, however, for the most part, lots of these traditional formats are being moved online. Um, so what was previously accessed through a physical newspaper is now on a newspaper's website. What was previously actually transmitted through the air via radio waves is now streamed uh, through the internet onto our devices. Um, but the formats are agnostic they don't care whether it's physical or non-physical mm, um, absolutely well, well since you plugged that gap let me move on to the next level now because i, I think it's critical to in, include that format because yes we may appear biased because we're doing an online business show but if a client came to us and they said this is our content this is our message where best should we present this information where best should we publish this it may be best that they go and put it on a billboard or a newspaper ad or somewhere in the underground. That may be the best uh, output for their media. And that's it. It's, it's as simple as that. Where where best can you solve your markets or your audience's problem? Talk to them there. So it's essential. So the next level above that is then images, which is, you know, we're very much seeing this in, uh, without talking about the platforms, but you can see this on websites. You can see this on Instagram. You can again see this in traditional media where, they will buy up advertising space in a newspaper or a magazine, and they will just publish an image, a high, typically a high-quality image, but an image to, to speak their message, to, to put out what they represent into the world. Now, that can, you know, we're typically seeing images also very much appear in social media. That's a big element as well. Now, the step above that is video. Now, video is where we're going to be talking about in a bit more detail today, but video has been seen on television, video has been seen on video advertising uh, in modern format as well, and video very much makes the makes up the modern form of social media. Um, social media platforms particularly want you to post video on there, and this will make sense as we go along. Other mechanisms, whether it's image or video, in terms of visual appeal, can appear in photographs, graphics, infographics, and essentially what we're talking about is a visual format. Text, although it can be visual, that'd be a different media, but text is very much a, a medium, and audio is very much a medium that you'll process in a different way from that you'll process video and imagery. So that's the kind of, um, I must say, not explained perfectly well, but that's the formats that are available to us, text, audio, image, video, those, those are the fundamental formats available to us. So what, what's the next thing to consider now we've identified those as the fundamental elements? Sure. So you can build your audience using any of these, uh, these formats. People build their audience using a blog. Absolutely doable. People build an audience using a podcast. There's some huge podcasts out there with massive followings. Uh, and people build followings using video. 
um, images, yeah, that's also possible. Instagram would be the best example of that. Um, but we are going to be talking in particular about video today because hands down, it is the best format um, for what we are trying to do. And again, remember what we're trying to do is solve the problems that our customers have. And video is particularly good at that. I'm going to talk about why that is. Mm, okay, so that's that's it. So we, we've determined that out of all of those formats, we feel and our suggestion is that let's take video seriously. Yes, there's going to be a learning curve. Yes, there may be feeling of uncomfortableness with the concept of video, but that's not the discussion for today. That we can address in the Slack group if you're concerned about video or you feel like it may not be the right fit for you, which it may not be the right fit for you. We're not saying it is, but we're going to help educate you, the listeners, the audience on video because of the benefits it has. So Carl, let's dive into Yes, let's talk about the benefits from the business owner's side first, yes. and then we'll talk about the benefits for your audience, which we think are more important to your audience's benefits, but we need to get you uh, to that stage. So mm. we need you to believe, okay, video is, you know, I can do this. Uh, this is the best thing for me to be doing. So from your side, we'll cover that first, and we'll look at um, from the audience's point of view why video is the best. Quite a lot of them are overlapping as well, as you'll see shortly. Um, so the biggest benefit from your side is actually speed. And this surprises a lot of people because they think, oh, the video is complex. It's hard to do. No, video is extremely quick compared to something like writing. The first thing people will think to do when they, they're thinking about putting content online is to write a blog. It takes so long to write a blog. Um, you need to actually sit down come up with the idea, physically type it out, edit it, proofread it, post it. It just takes a very long time to get any amount of information online through this through this medium. I think people do it because it's quite safe. It feels safe to just type down your ideas. Um, but what we see again and again and again with clients and with people learning digital marketing is that they'll spend a week um, typing out loads of blog articles, get really excited, post them, and then nothing really happens. Uh, and because it takes so much time to write blog articles, good blog articles, they give up very quickly. Whereas with video, we can produce a lot of content extremely quickly. Yeah, and what I'm doing right now in the background, I'm, I'm taking a high risk, I'm doing a high risk maneuver, which is loading one of our super guides or, or long form blog content mm. to, to sh sort of highlight to how many, um, pages and it's going to load in the background but how many p pages one of our bbo shows produces so when we do a bbo show as in what you're watching today there's five components of that show it goes from monday tuesday wednesday thursday friday and that's done in video but what why is speed how can we compare speed here in regards to how much how in terms of comparison how much we can produce in such a short space of time. So let's assume that the the BBO show is five hours long. Let's just take a, 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 an average or an approximate, typically it always overruns, but it's five hours long. Now, those five hours equate to about 95 to 100 pages in regards to a blog. Now, I should be better at maths, but if I divide that, that's approximately 20 pages per show. Now, the challenge would be, and it's a good exercise, is how long does it take you to, to type out a concise, accurate 20 pages versus shooting a video uh, for an hour? That's typically what it is. So one hour equals 20 pages. And that's a finished blog article. So the starting point would probably be about 30 pages long. So that's speed. Um, and that's extremely powerful because with speed comes your comes time saved and there is that cliche which time is money because every hour that you spend writing is hours lost in terms of other forms of production so if we can really compress that we're saving a hell of a lot of money when it comes to the time produced another way is the way we can save money in regards to cost is the old school medium of producing video whether it's on television etc you know, you'd need production cameras which were verified or, or given the okay by television networks to use this camera. And it could be an Arri camera, it could be a red camera, 
And these cameras cost a hell of a lot of money. We're talking about tens of thousands of pounds. Whereas now that's replaced with this. It's just your smartphone camera, which lives in your pocket, and you can start to produce videos on there. Or something like what I've got here, which is a 70 pound webcam, a Logitech webcam. So in terms of cost, the benefit from your side is incredible. Um, what's, uh, what's the next benefit from, from the business side? From the business side um, is ease. Uh, it's just, it's much easier to produce content by talking. Um, I think this is connected to speed as well. Um, they're all kind of connected with one another, but in terms of ease, you as a business owner, you are an expert in your particular field. If somebody asks you a question, if you're sitting face to face with them and they ask you a question, you can probably talk about the subject for hours. That's not a problem for you. Um, video and especially the format that Hans and I are doing, we're making it even easier on ourselves by using two people. Um, video approximates conversation. So it's you talking to the camera or you talking to another person via the camera, which allows you to get into this conversational mode of delivering information, um, which allows you to just get information out of your head and into the world. Whereas if you're writing, we tend to self-edit all of the time. We're always second guessing. We're always saying, oh, wait, ooh, that sentence isn't quite right. And it just takes a long time to get the information out of our head. So this is speed, yes, but it's also connected to ease. It's just a lot easier for us to deliver information. Remember, this is what we're doing. We're trying to deliver information to our potential customers. Um, and it's just phenomenally much easier uh, doing this via video. Absolutely. And then the next thing is, and this is a really cool one, which we shouldn't, we shouldn't dismiss, which is the platforms love it. All platforms that we're going to be talking about and sharing with you, which we've also discussed already, love the form of video and what we mean by they love the form of video is when you post a video on there they're gonna they're gonna want people to see it the video will be organically promoted and i'm going to press pause there. i'm not going to expand on it any further because we're going to dive into more detail with this tomorrow so just take it from us for now platforms love it which means it's easier for you to actually get some traction mm. uh, and you, build your audience yeah you can actually build trust faster using video because one, it's getting seen by more people because the platforms are actually showing it to people. Um, and two, because it is you talking to the camera. And again, we're going to talk about how we do video, but if it's you talking to the camera, it's you as a person. Um, it's a lot easier to build up trust and to get people to like you that way. Um, yeah. And that's the final benefit that think of that as a final benefit on your side. It helps you build trust, especially if you're doing it and you've selected the choice of doing it via a personal brand, because it's you to camera building trust, it's you the real person behind the business. So those are the benefits as a business from your point of view. But like Carl said, it's really good to categorize this into two areas because let's look at the end game. Let's look at the end user. What is most beneficial to them? Because ultimately the market determines value, not what, what benefits us, not what's the best thing for us. The market will make the decision on what's solid for them. So in terms of video, there are also benefits, and let's explore these, benefits for the end user, i.e. your audience who have a problem which you are going to solve. And that's the, that's the critical thing here. And we're going to solve it in the best form of content we, we believe, and based on the research and the data, that this is a powerful form of media. Again, we'll expand on why that is throughout this show. So Carl, from the audience perspective, What's a first benefit for them? Sure. The biggest and probably most important is that video is much more engaging than still images. It's much more engaging than audio and it's much more engaging than text. It's a lot easier to get somebody to pay attention and to actually follow through with the information you're delivering and then the actions uh, that you're asking them to follow through video. It's as simple as that. It's just the most engaging uh, form of medium uh, media out there. But I had uh, this uh, example the other day. Whenever there is a TV on, if it's in your living room or it's in a cafe or a restaurant, whenever there is a TV on, people just tend to look at it because human brains are, um, they're rigged up in such a way that we're always looking for new moving information, novel information. We just tune in on it immediately. It's just naturally for our brains more engaging than static images, um, than text, and then, than any of the other um, 
formats out there. Probably because it engages the most senses. Uh, so you've got audio, you've got visual, lots of visual information. Yeah, I, I remember when I went on a date with Gina, um, uh, one of the dates. So we went, we had some pizza in a place in West London, and it's a it's a sports bar. So there are screens everywhere, but it happened to be they're showing a, a football match when they were showing live football matches, and when we consciously sat there. I was looking at the screen and no matter how much I wanted to stay focused on the date and the conversation, I couldn't. So we had to physically switch because she couldn't care less about what was on the TV screen because it, it was football and we had to switch. Another another rule we have is if the family come over or we go over to the family's house, we switch the television off. Um, we don't have one because of that reason. No matter what, it's so powerful and engaging. Uh, when I go over to Gina's parents' house, we're sitting there and... As much as I dislike the television, I'm glued. I'm like, oh wow, this is cool. This is interesting. What's, what's happening on the screen? <laughs> oh yeah, whatever, like whatever movie they got on, I and mean, you just can't help it. So I think that's that's a, a great point. So look at your own human nature, and that should give away clues on how powerful television is. The next benefit is we are helping the end user by understanding that, without being disrespectful, that they're lazy. And what I mean by that is, you know. What is easier than reading? It's actually listening to something. And what's easier to listen to something to get more information, more depth of information, is then video. So they're more likely to stick with it, in, in, if you're thinking about laziness, over a stretched period of time. So it's a lot easier or quicker to consume information via video format. Somebody could come join us on the BBO show and consume 60 minutes quite easily because, look, me and Carl are going back and forth. We're talking about lots of different topics. Uh, we're working through a process, easily engageable. Whereas somebody trying to absorb this information over a blog article or a book, how the chance of them dropping off or the chance of them saying, okay, actually, I'll come back to that chapter later or I'll read that tomorrow night. It's a much harder ask. Yes. Saying, okay, look, watch this uh, one-hour video. We're going to go through these topics, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, and then we talk, we have this discussion, mm -hmm. conversation with a moving image that asking somebody to sit through that is going to be a lot easier than me handing them a what's it 20 30,000 word uh, article yeah. read through that that's got the information they'll be like mm. yeah 100 pages yeah 100 pages so, so i mean it is laziness to a certain extent but it's also because video is more engaging it's easier yeah. to get through um, the content when it's engaging and that's fair. Yeah. Absolutely. Think about think about the movie, right? You know, you don't want to switch that movie off. It doesn't matter if it's two hours, two and a half hours. You'll see it through to the end, um, because it's incredibly engaging. They they present the information in an engaging way. Um, so that's laziness. What's another benefit for the end user? Um, I think just the density of information. So, uh, with text, if we were, let's say, we were talking about all right, how to set up Facebook adverts. And if we were doing that purely via text, it would be an absolute nightmare because certain things do need to be shown visually. Um, and so me telling you how to do something is very different from me being able to show you how to do it step by step, to be able to engage all the senses, to show you the visual information, um, as well as, you know, obviously, the written and the audio. Trying to talk about something like back pain, if you're an osteopath or a chiropractor, without pointing and saying, hey, if you've got pain here on this part of your back, and being able to point is very difficult because if you're writing this in text or if it's a podcast, um, you need to use far more words to get that same amount of information over. You need to be saying, okay, find the third rib and then kind of a bit to the left, one inch, and it, it becomes very difficult. Whereas in video, um, certain things um, are much easier to explain because you do have that visual element at the same time. Yeah, so, so sticking on the topic of... Um uh, babies because uh, my wife's pregnant yesterday an ergo baby sort of body carrier thing arrived so that shit's complicated and and i looked through the instructions i read through the diagrams and it still didn't make sense to me but they've got a video which when i watched the video is like oh wow that's really easy like i got that within four minutes but i was here messing around for 15 20 minutes with the diagrams and instructions um right I, I never understand why IKEA, I guess it's cost, but why IKEA do not create videos as well. They have, they have the, you know, the text, well, not text, they're image-based um, instruction manuals. But if you had a, a video of that, people would be able to see, oh, okay, it's on this side of the wood, 
or I've got this upside down. And there are actually lots of videos of people constructing IKEA furniture for yeah. this reason. They are filling a market need because IKEA have just given people an image-based manual, um, whereas some people need to see the video, they need to see it in action. Yeah, it's a good, good uh, market opportunity there. If you can, yeah. if you can strike a deal with that IKEA in person. Now, staying on the theme of information and getting across as much information as possible, there's another form of information which gets, which which you which an end user can't pick up via any other mechanism, and that is, you know, the non-verbal communication. We're talking about hand gestures. We're talking about face expressions. We're talking about the tone that matches the hand expression and the face the face uh, movements so all of this is you know you can put into a classification of non-verbal communication so what we get with a video is way more context rather than is somebody saying something but then what do they feel about that message what does that message mean to them so what should that message mean to me so there's a lot more context that gets delivered as part of a video so i'll move my hands here uh, my face expression changes. If I find something funny, I'll smile. That's hard to get across in a text format, for an example. An added bonus to this as well is think about people outside of your native language. Um, a very, I mean, the way the world and online world is evolving is, uh, let's take a platform like YouTube, for example. If me and Kyle post this video, YouTube makes this information accessible to other people who are not native English speakers, incredibly powerful. And that would be by the subtitles. So they will translate what we're saying into the native language of somebody else speaking. So if you think about that, that, that alone should be enough uh, tick in the box to actually go and pursue video and start producing video content, because it means now your reach is global and also beyond the boundaries of language. Uh, and that's incredibly powerful. So that's a, that's another way to, another benefit to the end user, somebody with a different language or somebody who's looking for more context or meaning in the message you're saying can then pick that up. Absolutely. And then I think the final one, which we already covered back in the benefits for you, uh, the business owner, the final one here is trust. Again, it comes back to getting people to like you, getting people to know you and getting people to trust you. And that's what's going to allow you to um, turn somebody from an audience member into a tribe member and then eventually into a customer. That, from your point of view, is a bonus, but it's also great from the point of view of the audience member. They are finding somebody who can solve their, solve their problem, um, who can help them get the result they want. But at the same time, they're starting to like you, they're starting to trust you, they're, they're, you're, you're becoming a part of their life in a way that's much more difficult to do if it's just text or if it's just audio. Yeah. Um, now, I'm just on the notes. I've actually, um, conscious of time, I've, I've crossed out a section. But the final benefit of video, which, which is not a benefit for you or them in particular, it's just a benefit overall, which is, and I'll just really quickly explain this because we'll probably do a deep dive on this in another week, which is, the video is extremely dense with information compared to other medium formats. Because what we have with the video is we have the video. What we can do with that is we can pull still images from the video. Great, now we've got photos. What we can do with the video is pull snippets of the video. So now what we've got is highlights that can be extracted from a one-hour piece as an example. That's great. So that's lots of video content and, and, and an imagery now. So beyond the visual, what can we do? We can then pull the audio file, which then becomes an audio file, whether it's audio book, whether it's a podcast, that becomes another form of audio. That audio can also be snipped up and chopped up, which is very powerful. And then what do we have? We can also pull the audio and turn that audio into text via transcription mechanisms, which are very low cost and cost effective, actually. That forms the, the text part. So what we're saying here is very quickly, before we move on to the next section, is if we didn't do video and we did text, all we have is text. If we did audio and not video, all we have is audio and text. But when we do video, we have video and all of those other mechanisms tied in. And once we extract that, this is where we can be everywhere and on every platform. And it's beyond the scope of today because we want to get you started. But just to give you a final 
um, final jigsaw piece of the why we should use video puzzle in order to uh, give you some benefits for, for you, for them, the people who will be listening to you, and actually for the business overall, for your business overall. So, Carl, I just want to quickly do a snapshot and yep. um, some conscious one. We can talk about we can talk about that topic for a long time. Um, so now that moves us on to the next uh, part of this show, which is platform and format. What 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 do we now? How do we help determine what platform to use? Sure. So based on what we've just been talked about, hopefully you're seeing that video is the best format to go with. Um, there are many, many reasons, and if you're still not certain about video, come to the Slack group, and we can hopefully uh, persuade you of this, uh, because it really is the ultimate format to be producing content in right now. Now, what does this mean about your platform? So the platform, again, are things like YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, um, blogs. These are different ways to distribute your information. The format and your platform are two different choices. Most platforms... Um, actually support multiple types um, of content format. So Facebook, for example, pretty much supports everything. You can mm. write text, um, you can write blog articles on Facebook, you can you can upload audio, I think, probably, yeah. You can uh, add images, you can make albums of images, uh, for example, and you can upload video. You can use any format you want on Facebook. That's not a problem. But then there are other platforms which are more tailored or more specific to a particular format. YouTube is the obvious example here. YouTube is primarily video. Um, people work around this by uploading audio with like a still image. You might have seen like music. Um, somebody might upload a music album. They'll just put a picture of the, uh, the singer in the background and that's a video. But that's still, yeah, it's an audio that's been converted into video. But YouTube is very much about video only. So this is another thing we need to um, keep in mind, video tends to be the format that works on the most amount of platforms. Um, so again, this is another reason why we'd want to use video. If we think about text, where does text sit? Text sits on blogs. Yeah, it sits in ebooks. Uh, and Twitter, type. maybe think about platform. Twitter is very much tailored to text. Facebook pages, and that's kind of about it. Audio tends to be quite restricted as well to, um, I keep getting it wrong, Audible, Audible, not Audacity. Audacity is yeah. an audio editing program that sounds a lot like Audible. Yeah. For ebooks or um, iTunes. Or podcasts, or yeah. Yeah, and that's kind of it for audio. Um, images, you've got Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest, older platforms like Tumblr. But video can live on pretty much all of these uh, platforms. Yeah. Even Pinterest, uh, which used to be images only, added videos relatively recently, last year. Uh, and Instagram, which again used to be photos mainly, is now pretty much all videos. Yeah. Yeah. Video takes over most platforms eventually. Uh, and, and the interesting thing is, is all platforms can give you the capability to do all of these things, whether it's text, audio, video, because even YouTube now allows you to post as if you're posting on Instagram or Facebook or Twitter, as an example. So I occasionally say post, and when I first saw it, I was like, what is this? It's not a video. So they will allow you to do everything because... They're conscious of the competition and, you know, not having the feature that the competition has and people moving away from their platform. But what we want to focus on is what is the platform's primary function? That's that's the key. So uh, Carl's helped giving you some examples there of where video, text and audio fits into the primary platforms. So, yes, our our two choices are technically separate in terms of format and platform. But now we're narrowing down to video, we are pretty much left with two kinds of format. And then once we explore these two formats with you, this will help you determine what the final platforms are. So we've given you a range of platforms, which most people are aware of. But what we want to do is hone in on the platforms that best support these two main kind of video formats. So what we're doing is we're saying, yes, video, but video can also be presented or published in two different ways and and this is still quite uncommon to many people who want to produce video because it's a lot easier to default to one of the options and this will make sense in a moment so carl what are those two options and then we can explore and discuss those yeah this isn't talked about that much so even the terminology around these is a bit confusing but basically there is broadcasting broadcasting is me 
talking to many, many people. I'm using the platform. I'm standing on the platform and I'm talking to them. And I'm saying, this is what I do. This is how I can help you. That's fine. This is very basic. This is me writing a blog post. This is me recording a video and uploading and publishing that video um, to YouTube or to Facebook or to whatever platform it is. This is the default way that businesses talk to their audiences. Um, whether you're using your own website or TikTok or Instagram, whether you are placing an advert on TV, this is all broadcasting. It's me publishing one piece of content to many, many people. It's the default, and you're probably sitting at home thinking, well, yeah, but obviously that's the only way to do it, isn't it? <laughs> There's a second option, which doesn't really have a name, so I'm going to call it live broadcasting. So the first one we'll call publishing broadcasting. So, so, so I think uh, before we move on to the second one is, is yeah, so we have broadcasting, and I like that second phrase you just thrown out there, which is publishing. Mm. So think about this as I am producing something first, yep. then I present it to the world, then I broadcast it to the world, and I publish it into different formats or platforms or whatever. So the key here is first you have to produce it, then it gets published. So Cars mentioned some things where you're publishing a video, whether it's on a Facebook page, whether you, whether you publish it on Instagram, TikTok, whatever. And there's some less obvious ones, for example, Udemy as as a as a video course or an ebook. You know, as a uh, for example, if you're, you're you create an ebook in advance in the first stage, and then the second stage is then you publish and broadcast that. So think of it in terms of uh, it's a two stage approach. That's the best way to think of it. So you create something first, and then you present it to the world. So now, Carl, what's the second one, which, which not everybody's aware of, or, or they are aware of it, but they dismiss it because they think there's only really one way to do it properly. Sure. So this is live broadcasting. So previously, we we're producing content, then publishing it. With live broadcasting, we're doing them both at the same time. We are producing and publishing simultaneously at exactly the same time. Um, the main, I mean, there's many, many benefits, we're going to talk about them here, but the main benefit here is that it's not just me standing on the platform talking to people. They can talk back. When you're doing it live, you it's not one to many. It is a dialogue. You can actually communicate with the people um, in your audience, which is extremely powerful. Um, and there's a couple of other reasons why you might want to do live broadcasting. Yeah, so, so, so think of it as, you know, sometimes it gets called streaming or live streaming uh, live broadcasting is a term that we're using as part of today's show and where you can do this or where it's commonly seen is whether it's twitter via their periscope feature which is their live feature whether it's facebook live youtube live which is what we are doing right now we're presenting via youtube live and twitch also has a live function as well linkedin is opening the door to live. I think they're still trying to test to work out the, the process there and it's application only at the moment. So that's going on. Typically, where you would commonly see, if you're right now in the world right now, you'll commonly see the live broadcast feature used on social media where uh, political figures or prime ministers or leaders of countries are live streaming information there and then because they don't have the luxury of pre-recording it and then presenting it afterwards. Although they sometimes use that mechanism, the news and political parties are very much doubling down on the power of live video. So they're the people who are very much live broadcasting at the moment. But it's also an opportunity for us to leverage as well. So that now leads us into, uh, look, ultimately you have a choice. You could either broadcast via creating something and publishing it second, or you can live broadcast and have more interaction with the audience and also also benefit from the benefits of live video. So let's just fire through this list in terms of what are the benefits of live video. Sure. So the first one, again, is it's faster and cheaper. These two are always connected. Um, sitting down to record a video and then edit a video and then finalize the video and then upload it, it takes a lot of time. When something takes that much time, that is time you as a business owner could be spending doing something else, another business function. Um, so you can either hire somebody to do the editing for you um, or, or or you can do it yourself. Uh, either way, it costs you money in 
terms of time poor quality. Yeah, because because technically, you know, it's it's a lot simpler than editing because for you to learn live, about live video. Cut, yeah, live video. So if you're if you're pre-producing and there's editing involved, you're talking about Final Cut Pro, you're talking about um, uh, Adobe's version of that. I use Final Cut Pro, that's why I know the name of it. But there's a learning curve in regards to the editing. There's time associated with that, never mind the requirement to purchase that program. If you are self-editing, if you're farming it out, the video editors come with a high ticket price, and rightly so, because the work is very technical and the final product is also remarkable. It comes out amazing, but it comes with a cost, it takes time to produce. Um, you're working off the back of a editor's time schedule, so it becomes very, very complex. So that's that's one of the challenges. What else have we got in terms of benefits? Yeah, so you just touched on it very briefly. Going live is actually technically a lot simpler. So most people think, oh, live, that sounds new, that sounds complicated. I'm not very good at computers, or I don't do that kind of stuff. I don't know how to do video editing. That's exactly it. You don't need to do anything. You need to press a button on Facebook or on YouTube or on whatever platform you're using, you press one button which takes you live. And that's it. Um, so even though the result seems technologically amazing, from your point of view as the user, technically it's much, much simpler than doing any kind of video post-production. Mm, absolutely. But the, but when you when you look at the end product, you know, that there is some people do uh, say, okay, or the critic, the critic, the critique here with live video was the production quality will be lower than if I put it through a high production quality mechanism or production flow, such as getting a video editor, getting some really fancy cameras in. But I would say, yes, I agree with you in terms of the visual appeal, but the visual appeal is not the same as the lower quality content. The content is exactly the same. And it's the content which is primarily what is going to be solving the end user's problem and that's that's important to remember so the quality of the content is confirmed that's in place the visual appeal yes you know if you look at I me and carl we're not as crystal clear we don't have the perfect lighting we don't have the perfect studio setup yes it's absolutely true but the quality of content does not change from what we're doing here versus if we had a ten thousand pound camera in front of us so that's my counter argument to the critique so I actually found some data on it yesterday, which I did not copy into the notes stupidly, but basically the data proves that people do not care about the quality of production. What matters is the quality of the content. People have got over the fact that um, content producers are using webcams. I mean, we're watching our prime minister through a webcam, through Zoom. Like, we've got over that. <laughs> yeah. You know, it doesn't need to be shiny and polished all the time now. In fact... Um, there's a certain level of authenticity that comes with live broadcasts, that comes with seeing journalists or a prime minister in their living room <laughs> delivering a speech. It's a lot more believable. And remember, what we're trying to do here is build up trust. Um, so if people are seeing you as you, uh, it's going to be a lot easier to do that. Yeah. So, so yeah, the, the, the question about quality of production, I get it totally. You get a more polished product if you go through an editor. It's also a lot slower, it's also a lot more expensive, and uh, the, the killer here is that the end user, the person watching the content, doesn't necessarily care. So you might be spending yeah. a lot of time and money on something that is not valuable for the end user, for your audience. Absolutely. So that's important. One little note to add there is audio quality can't be compromised, but I leave it as that. So the next thing to think about is when we publish live video, we are rewarded by the platform algorithms because all platforms right now want users who are producing live video because they know how rewarding it is for the end user. So for the person who's watching a video, by watching a video, it means somebody is remaining on their platform for longer versus, okay, I processed the image here or I processed this short article and now I'm off. Whereas a video keeps somebody locked in to the platform and live video has a reality feel about it. And right now platforms are rewarding people who, and have been rewarding them for a long time because the supply is not matching the demand currently required by platforms. So they will continue to reward you with live video. So just without getting too complex into it, the platform algorithms will reward you for using live video. That's the, that's the key message to take away there. I mean, the basic thing is these platforms make money the more time that people spend on those platforms 
people are more engaged by live video and they spend more time watching it. Therefore, the platform makes more money. Because they make more money, they want people producing live video. Um, so they make sure that if you produce live video, you get rewarded. Your stuff gets shown. So mm. everybody wins. It's great. Absolutely. What's the next What's the next benefit? So the next thing is some, some industries, especially like gaming, have realized a long time ago that live video is the way forward. Live video is the way to build a massive audience. Um, but they make money by playing games. That's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about uh, building up an audience for your business. There's very little competition in live video um, in business areas. Nobody's doing this. Um, so if you can jump in in your particular niche and become the person who's doing live videos, you're going to be able to capture uh, the market very quickly. Yeah, absolutely. So if we, if we take all of these benefits um, and we particularly work out, we, we just hone in on speed, we hone in on the fact that we're saving a whole bunch of money, we hone in on the fact that platforms will, will reward us for the live video, we, take, we encapsulate all of these. We then are presenting this in a format which means we get direct feedback from our community. We get direct engagement from our community in the mechanism of they will ask us questions live. They will comment live. They will tell us what their problems are live. But that's what they're highlighting in the question. I have X problem going on. And that allows you to directly talk to them as if you were sitting there around their dinner table or coffee table and solve their problem, whether it's a consulting table or coaching around the coaching table, whether it's a workshop table. This has transformed the ability to answer their questions directly and solve their problems incredibly powerful once you trigger that other people can see your answering questions live other people can see that you are solving a problem and the answer to the question is really valid now you're positioning yourself as an expert now people in the market start to know you they start to like you and they start to trust your answers and expertise a lot better which means more people come and ask you questions and this is like a snowball effect that will start to happen off the back of that car, what else will happen in regards to engagement with the communities? It's so one way to think of this is like it's the closest market research you could ever do. You are directly communicating with your audience. You're getting content suggestions from them. You're getting questions. You're learning what their problems are and learning how you can solve them directly with them um, in real time via a live stream. So normally companies would spend a lot of money trying to do this kind of market research, whereas we can directly talk to them through their telephone and get that information, get a feel for what our market as a whole wants and what we can do to provide them with that. Um, mm. I mean, you can directly say, look, I'm putting together a new product. What are the kind of things you'd like to see in it? And they will be able to tell you. Um, that kind of information for a business is phenomenal. Absolutely. So just, just uh, now putting an underline of that entire section, is our recommendation as you can tell we recommend out of the two choices whether it's live broadcast or broadcasting that's just there's two categories there so whether it's broadcasting or live broadcasting our suggestion is you go via the live broadcasting mechanism so yes use video as as an option but the item that trumps that is live video so that is our suggestion why? Because of all of those benefits that we just explained to you, it's the quickest, sharpest, and most effective way to solve our audience's problem. That's essential. That's so. That is our recommendation. Um, so lots and lots of benefits there. Now, Carl, that now we've identified we're going to use live video. What that leaves us now closer to answering the question of. What platform do we use? And hopefully, before Carl jumps in here and gives you, to, gives you the answer, hopefully now you can see that everything that we've guided you through is not as simple as saying YouTube is hot, Facebook is hot, or Twitch or, or, or TikTok, that, that thing that I'm constantly seeing people talk about. Um, TikTok is the hottest thing. And if you get on it now, it means you'll have an audience in the next 10 years, and it'll be like a two million plus size audience or followers or whatever that's not how we determine the decision we determine the decision by what is our message the message determines what is the best format to use for our message and look it may not be video if you're saying harms and kyle it's not video come into the slack group and have a conversation with us and also justify why you think it's not video 
being scared of video is not a justification there. Just a, just a point to add. Yeah. It, it's very much, what is the best way to solve our market's problem? We're saying it's live video because of all the benefits we've explained. Now, collating all of that hard work and thought processing in determining what platform we use, we can now ask the question to Kyle, what platforms do we now recommend? What does it leave us with? Now we've been through this whole process, it really does filter it down to two, two main platforms, um, either YouTube Live or Facebook Live. Um, so I'm not saying anything uh, exciting or new. You, if you expect me to say TikTok, I'm sorry. But... We, we apologize that we're yeah. not asking you to use TikTok or Instagram or whatever. It's just nice old boring ones. Yeah, it's all the boring ones that I've got all the users and... and in users, yeah. Yeah, and even though everybody says they don't use Facebook, the data says they do. Everybody doesn't use YouTube. They're posting their videos somewhere else. On you know, why has YouTube still got an incredible amount of video uploads? Who the hell knows? <laughs> so, it's going to be one of these two. Um, so which to choose? The next powerful question then is after that: YouTube sure. Live or Facebook Live? Which do we select? Sure. There's a couple of things here. Um, the first thing is we need to make it as easy as possible for you. Um, you, the content producer, to engage in this process. We're talking about consistency tomorrow. We're talking about how we make that easy for you. But the first thing you can ask yourself is, which of these do you already use? Which do you use as a user? Um, let's say you are moving into the yoga niche, for example. Where do you watch yoga videos? Is it on Facebook or is it on YouTube? That's going to be the first thing. We want to make it as simple as possible for you to get involved in that ecosystem. So go with the one that you already use. Yeah, that's, that's a really good point, actually, because that will reduce the friction of you getting started. Again, the assumption is you haven't started or you may have tried this and that. You may have tried Instagram, you may have tried TikTok, but actually your, your default platform that you're comfortable using is a YouTube or Facebook. So, uh, And we have this same suggestion with clients. Clients say to us, which platform should I get obsessed over? Which platform should I get started with? Well, the, it's a very simple solution. Which one are you currently using? Just carry on there. Because, um, a little note here, because we have a mechanism, which we'll share in future videos, but we have a mechanism which we can also broadcast live or simulcast or sim simultaneously stream on another platform. So um, that's just a note, but we'll talk about that in a moment. Um, I know I'm jumping ahead there. You are. Uh, apologies, <laughs> Carl, I'm jumping ahead. Second, okay, so second uh, point is, where does your audience hang out? That's also a critical point to, to bear in mind. Carl, we've done some uh, data research here. What's the data saying to us? I mean, you can do a lot of data research on here. You'd have to look at your actual niche, uh, your actual business niche here. But generally, YouTube uh, skews younger than Facebook, and YouTube skews slightly more male um, than Facebook in terms of number of users and how active the users are. So Facebook is a little older and a little more female skewed, um, YouTube is a little younger and a little more male skewed. This demographic information may or may not be important to your business. Again, you should know your customer avatar back from the business section. Um, you can also delve really deep into the numbers to find out where certain business niches are. That's beyond today's lesson. What I would recommend is you just see where the current influencers, your current potential competitors are. Are they posting to YouTube or are they posting to Facebook? Who, where are these communities already coalescing? Um, that's going to be a really useful way to find out where these communities are already that you're going to be tapping into. Absolutely. So that's a good hint or a telltale sign that actually if I'm torn, if I use both Facebook and YouTube, which one shall I default to? Or where are the, where, where do people hang out essentially? So just, just remembering that first question, where are my audience hanging out? The best indicator for that is people who already have large or, or large accounts with followers or communities, that's typically where they're hanging out. That's a good indicator and a telltale sign. Now, third yep. is third is the part which I hinted on, mm -hmm. which is look, the reality is whether it's Facebook or YouTube or Twitch or whatever, it doesn't really matter because where very recently technology has allowed a change of approach where we can actually have our cake and eat it. We can have best of both worlds. So those who are obsessing about Facebook or YouTube, it's irrelevant. And it's irrelevant because, Kyle? 
because we're going to do both. Um, <laughs> nice and simple. Um, so, yes, we're going to go live on one primary platform. We choose one primary platform. However, we can do two things, one of two things. We can either do something called simulcasting, which means I will go live to YouTube and at the same time I'm going live to Facebook. That's simulcasting. The feed from my computer is going to two different places and I am peering live on two platforms. Great. Awesome. The second thing we can do if we're not simulcasting is something called restreaming. Uh, so that's what we personally do with the BBO show. So we will go live onto YouTube. Then we will download that video after it's done processing and then send that live to um, Twitch and Facebook. That's just a little behind the scenes there. Behind the scenes. And the main reason for that is, look, simulcasting is great if you are an individual. So this is a big factor of which one to use. Simulcasting, the, the way the tech is set up is if you're an individual, you can stream quite easily on to YouTube and Facebook at the same time. But as soon as you have a guest, I mean Kyle, uh, or you have the two of you, the tech is not quite there to make that an easy process yeah. at the moment. Uh, it's, it's not as two videos, putting them together, then it needs to split it into, it's just not quite there yet. Maybe yeah. Maybe, yeah, that would be a lot easier. But right yeah. now, um, these are the two ways to do it, simulcasting or restreaming. Um, yeah. Again, this is more technical, so come to the Slack group if you need help with this. The basic idea here is that your platform doesn't really matter because we're going to hit all the platforms. We're going to make you omnipresent. You want to be everywhere. Mm, omnipresent, that's the word. So that's the word un underlying. So when people are saying, use YouTube or use Facebook, you can, in your mind, just say it doesn't really matter because we're going to be omnipresent. We're going to be all over the place. And so the answer know, to should I use Facebook or should I use YouTube is yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes to both. Yes. Uh, because you will be. <laughs> yeah. and, and, and that's it. That's it in a nutshell, you know. So, yes, we've taken a, a journey to get to what platform to identify. But the journey and the process and the thought process is important because it allows you in the future to make better decisions when deciding you know, where should you present your message? Where should you publish your message? In what two mechanisms? And I personally believe this is going to stand true for a very, very long time. And with technology advancing as it is, it means we can appear in as many places as possible in the shortest amount of time. When we've got speed, we've got uh, cost savings on our side, and we've got the removal of the complexity of tech on our side as well. And that will evolve over time. And no doubt if you're in the Slack group, if we hear about something first, we'll be sure to let you know within that community to say, okay, this has just happened, so we think you should jump on this. And when we jump on this, it's not in terms of TikTok is the hottest thing right now. It's very much probably using something cool like, hey, guys, we can go from simulcasting to restream or restream to simulcasting or something like that uh, in the background, and that will be it. Because fundamentally, it's going to depend on where the audience hangs out, where the audience has are, are presenting their problems to the world, because that's exactly where you need to be in order to present your solutions to the world. So if you remember at the start of this thought process, we also discussed the concept of, you know, what if it's not Facebook and YouTube? What if you have to go to the traditional media to get your message across? That is fine. We're not against that. We're saying that's fine, but as long as you work through the process to determine that. Whereas what you may have done by default is, jump on YouTube and, and wonder why you're not getting to your audience. Or jump on Facebook and wonder why you're not getting to your audience. So hopefully this process has helped. Um, so that was that's me introducing this, this, the kind of summary to today's episode, which is start with what's best with the audience in mind, how to solve their problem first. Then we look at formats and then we decide, and the format we've actually suggested is live video, and then we determine what platform to use based on that format which is the best platform to be based on that format. And we've given you two solutions, two choices, which is Facebook or YouTube. And actually we left you at the end saying you can use both because of this cool mechanism called simulcasting or restreaming. That's, that's, pretty, that's pretty much it, right, Carl? Yeah. And I think, again, we need to remind people, you need to answer people's questions. You need to solve people's problems. You can do all of this technical stuff. Um, you can go live, you can restream and multi-stream. If the content you're putting out there isn't helping people, it doesn't matter. You can be omnipresent with crap content and yeah. <laughs> nobody's going to care. We're showing you how to add rocket fuel to already good content. And that's what we looked at on Tuesday. 
um, and the messaging is what we looked at on Wednesday. And we need to keep coming back to that. We're adding value. We're helping people to solve their problems and we're gonna base our business on that. All of this extra stuff about how we get to them, the platforms, um, what type of video, how do I get to lots of multiple platforms? This is all important stuff, but without the fundamental, uh, the fundamental of creating that value underneath, this stuff doesn't matter. But we tend to, or people tend to focus on this kind of stuff. Like, oh, should I be on Facebook? Should I be on YouTube? It's like, well, hold on, let's start earlier on. Yeah. And, and it's and it's essential and it will save you time in the long run because imagine spending six months on youtube and realizing your audience is not there that's the kind of thing we want you to avoid so that's it from today's show if you join us and when you join us tomorrow we'll be talking about uh, things like video confidence we're going to be dropping a few things in there but very much focusing on the final component to building your audience which is time and consistency how do we how long does this stuff take how long do we have to be at it and what results can consistency yield us? So that's the, very much the focus on tomorrow. Plus talking to you about some cool tools and techniques. Now we can t- dive into the tools and techniques because we built the foundation, such as do we uh, pay for our content to be seen? Let's talk about remarketing. What is that as a concept as well? And, um, and other things associated with that. So hopefully that will make sense to you tomorrow so that's friday that's the final piece of the audience building puzzle uh and in terms of signing off from the show don't forget to subscribe to the bbo show and join the slack group the slack group is completely free slack will ask ask for your email and we don't get that email but once you're in and they know you're a real human being you can come chat to myself and kyle and ask us any burning question that you have thirdly we've got an ebook which is the first of a free guide of series which is available on Amazon for the minimum price they allow us to sell it for, which is less than a pound and less than a dollar. So go check that out. That's 200, 200 different ways to make money online, just with your laptop and a Wi-Fi connection with actually the, without the need of actually building a business, which is pretty cool. So that's it from today's show. We shall see you tomorrow. We'll see you consistently at midday, Monday to Friday. So final, um, final show for this week.